0: You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Thursday edition of Locked On College Football. My name is Kevin McGuire, the host of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day happy to be with you here as always on Thursdays uh for the time being we're probably going to be doing this as our last show for a Little while we'll see what the future holds here for me and locked on college football, but basically, uh, we're shifting priorities a little bit in the offseason. Don't worry, locked on college football is not going to be going away. You can still connect with us on Twitter, locked on CFB. We're always going to have lots of fun talking some college football with you, and of course, we have all the conference podcasts, we have all the team podcasts, so there's no shortage of college football commentary to get you through. What's going to be a very interesting spring? Of course, uh, we see a number of schools getting ready with spring practices, announcing their spring practice schedule going into the month of March, leading into what will hopefully be a relatively full lineup of spring football games throughout the month of April. I know Alabama has released their spring football schedule. They are going to get started with their practices on March 19th with their spring game tentatively scheduled for April 17th. I know that Penn State is getting ready to plan on having a spring game, and I think lots of schools are planning to have spring games. Whether or not fans are going to be in attendance, how many fans will be able to attend, still remains to be seen. And that's certainly going to vary from school to school, as we have seen with attendance decisions throughout conferences over the course of the past uh, college football season where the Big Ten was not having fans in the stands. SEC and ACC were allowing fans in the stands as long as fans in those states were allowed to attend games. But again, we'll have to worry about all those little details when we get to there. Uh, For right now, let's just go out and uh, let's focus on the fact that schools are preparing for spring football practices if they have not been already going through the spring workout regimen. And, of course, there have been spring workouts. Uh, You're you're seeing uh, winter conditioning, I should say. You're seeing the steps being taken to move forward to allow for college football to play its season as hopefully currently scheduled. For the upcoming season. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about some of the fun non-conference matchups coming up later in this today's podcast. I do have a question we're gonna throw into our second segment, kind of tying into this whole discussion about Notre Dame and their stance on EA Sports College football. I've got a couple of thoughts I want to share with you on that. But I do want to start today's episode by just mentioning and commending UCLA for a new scheduling announcement that they just released on Wednesday afternoon maybe Wednesday morning, I don't, I don't know what time it was, there was sometime I don't want to say, uh, where UCI comes out and they announce a couple of future upcoming games on the non-conference schedule for 2022 and 2023. And yeah, they're against FCS teams, but what's notable about them is which FCS schools they are. They are historically black colleges, Alabama State in 2022 and North Carolina Central University in 2023. And if you read the press release, Certainly, it is noteworthy that UCLA is scheduling each of these two schools because UCLA has never played an HBCU before in college football. So this will be the first time that UCLA has scheduled these schools for football. And that's cool. And that's certainly a great move for, you know reaching out to HPCUs, which I think uh, would be great if more schools could do that. Uh, and even if the the thinking is, well, we can probably get an easy win out of it. Yeah, I get it. We, we don't need to get too carried away with that. But if you read the press release from UCLA, it almost feels as though UCLA is inviting the marching bands of those schools to come out and perform at the Rose Bowl, which I think is awesome in itself, because there's no question the Rose Bowl sure looks like the best scenery college football has to offer and even if the the stadium isn't packed to the stands or to the brim i should say uh, the fact that these marching band schools are getting a chance to perform in one of the greatest venues in college football i think is phenomenal so yeah it's a great experience for alabama state and north carolina central football players to get a chance to play in the rose bowl itself it's even cooler that UCLA is specifically making sure that these bands are going to be able to travel to. Now, you should know that I'm very fond of the marching band. I have went through many years of marching band in high school and college. And to this day, I have a, a deep respect for the performers that are a part of a marching band. So I've always felt that marching band is clearly providing the soundtrack for college football. And for me, it is much better to enjoy a college football atmosphere that has music being performed and played by the bands as opposed to the loudspeaker jock jams that get played throughout the stadium. Yeah, I know. Maybe I'm old. I don't know. But to me, that's the big difference that college football has to its advantage that the NFL doesn't. And it drives me crazy when I see big-time college football programs really trying to drown out everything else that's going on by blaring music through the stands. You have some terrific March bands out there that are performing and going through the rigors of uh, putting together their own performances. Let them uh, have those moments. And for UCLA to make sure that they're going to be able to bring two very noteworthy HBCU bands into the Rose Bowl Stadium. I think that's phenomenal. I say kudos to Alabama State and North Carolina Central University football programs and the marching bands for getting a chance to play in the Rose Bowl Stadium. So those games will be taking place in 2022 and 2023 again. Those games are actually replacing a series that UCLA previously had scheduled with the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan backed out of that series as you know schedules tend to fall apart sometimes with these home and home deals. They're all great when they get signed, but sometimes they get changed. And this was actually before the pandemic, but Michigan did back out of the contract in 2019. I forget exactly uh, which series uh, Michigan took on uh, to replace that. But again, that, that tends to happen sometimes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm covering Penn State, and we saw the start of the home-and-home home series with Virginia Tech get wiped to the side last year. I'm still hoping that they get a chance to, to, to play that series. Uh, But I'm going to talk a little bit more about a home and home series that Penn State will have coming up in our third segment, as well as some other pretty fun non-conference matchups we have to look forward to this fall. But right now, many of us are still just trying to get through this winter and maybe the weather is going to warm up a little bit. But still, now's a great time to make sure your car or your truck is still in the best possible shape for those winter road conditions if you have to deal with them. The best way to do that is by shopping for all your auto parts needs at rockauto.com. That's right. They're the family business that have been serving customers all of their auto parts supplies needs for 20 years. And why do they do that? Because they know what it takes to satisfy their customers with as seamless and painless a transaction experience as you can possibly imagine. Look, buying stuff for your car or your truck, it can be a little stressful. Sometimes it gets a little overwhelming if you don't know exactly what you're looking for. Well, as long as you know exactly which car and which year it was made, then you're in good luck because all you have to do is go to rockauto.com, you enter the make and model of your vehicle, and it brings you up the entire catalog of everything they have available specifically for your car. You don't have to flip through catalogs to find exactly what you're looking for. You don't have to cross-reference information. RockAuto.com is going to take care of that for you. So go to their website, RockAuto.com, enter the make and model of your car or truck, and see all the parts available for your specific vehicle. And when you go through that checkout process, make sure you're right locked on in their How Did You Hear About This box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a brand new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week, we have two conversations for you to wrap up the month. First, a discussion on protest in sports across leagues. Then, tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports. What's been achieved and the important work left to be done, all in discussion on the Locked On Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, if you know anything about me, you know I'm a huge fan of the EA Sports video game franchise for NCAA football. And yes, it's been a while since that has been on the shelves. I still have my copy for the PlayStation 3 that still gets played occasionally every now and then here. And of course, the big news that you probably are well aware of is the fact that EA Sports is going to bring back a college football video game franchise. Tentatively scheduled, or I guess a project working name is EA Sports College Football. It's still going to be two, maybe three years at the most until we actually see this game hit the shelf. But it's coming, and that's the biggest takeaway that we know to look forward to. And I think now there's a lot of questions about exactly what's going to happen with the game. Are players going to be in the game? What's going to happen as far as player benefits and player compensation is concerned? Because that's ultimately the biggest hang-up that led to this franchise being put on the shelf for as long as it has. Now, this week, Notre Dame came out and actually started the week by announcing that they were going to take a little bit of a stand and say that they will not be included in any EA Sports video game until there is a deal done for name, image, and likeness with the NCAA so that players appearing in the game representing Notre Dame can be rightfully compensated for their name, image, or likeness being used in a marketable product. Now, I've always been in favor of uh, allowing players to be able to capitalize on their own name, image, and likeness. I feel like it's long overdue. I feel like the rules that the NCAA has set up uh, were written at a time when things weren't as big as they are today. And certainly the student athletes back in the days of the NCAA's founding didn't necessarily have the same opportunities or marketability that many of them do to this day. Now, obviously, there were probably a few back in the 40s and 50s that probably could have been uh, household names that could have uh, t- demanded top dollar for any kind of advertising revenue or whatever. But I feel like in today's world, with everything that's out there with social media, I just feel like it is so weird that we are not allowing players to be able to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. So, I do think that when you, whenever you're talking about this particular subject, it feels as though there is such a divide. And I don't know if there's an age point where that divide starts, but it certainly feels as though that you can tell uh, an age genre of uh, which way they're going to side on this whole conversation of whether or not players should be compensated so i reached out to twitter <laughs> i didn't reach out to twitter but i reached out to you guys on twitter and i wanted to know if you guys had any questions that i could address in today's podcast and i did get one question from the playoff chairman you can follow him on twitter at cfp4 underscore us he wants to know why does it seem so many head coaches are blinded by the future of nil name image and likeness They've been dropping quotes about fears of what this means for the players, yet changes on how the game is played on the field is just, quote, evolution of the game, unquote, and they just adjust without fighting tooth and nail. And I think this is a very good question to be asking right now, because I do think that there are some coaches out there, even at the big name universities that are probably a little bit more progressive or forward thinking on the evolution of where we're going with name image and likeness. While there are some coaches who are still kind of set in their old fashioned ways and don't believe that players should be able to capitalize on that name image and likeness because they're already getting a scholarship or they're already getting a free ride at college. What more do they possibly want? And I sort of get that argument, but at the same time, they go back to what I was saying. I don't think that those standards can necessarily uphold through the test of time. And I think that that we've seen this sport, college football in particular, blossom so much in terms of revenue. When these rules were put in place, we didn't have the revenue streams that we have available now. When the NCAA decided that players aren't able to uh, receive compensation for their name, image, and likeness they didn't have a Big Ten network. They didn't have an SEC network. They didn't have Fox, probably. Not even Fox Sports, but Fox in general. So you didn't have these major media market rights uh, packages allowing for so much revenue to be pouring in to these conferences and to these schools. Even the the schools that are getting the smallest revenue shares out there, uh, just throwing out one at random, like the Sun Belt Conference, even that revenue stream is Way beyond anything that was possibly imagined way back in the 1930s and 1940s, 1950s, even the 1960s and 70s. I don't think anybody would have ever imagined that the Sunbelt Conference or the MAC would have the kind of media rights deal they do to this day. And again, that pales in comparison to what the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, the Big Twelve, the Pac-12. Even if you want to criticize what happens with the Pac-12, by the way, they're still looking for a commissioner. Feel free to apply. Uh, even though there is a disparity between the power conference revenues. The bottom line is every conference is getting some good revenue shares from media rights, the NCAA tournament, uh, anything else with the college football playoff. There's a lot of money being poured out there. And of course, none of it goes directly to the players. And I think that this this is what it's all about. So if you put out a college football video game and you work out a way to include players in the game, you better make sure that there is a way that those players are going to be compensated. What's the perfect way to do this? I don't know. I don't know that there is one, but I do think that it is beyond time where it is time to allow players to capitalize on their own marketability. And if you're going to have a college football video game, let's find a way between now and whenever this game is freaking released to allow those players that are going to appear in the game to receive some kind of compensation for their image being used or being sold as a product because that is the only fair way to do it. And it may just be a small fraction of revenue, for every player that does get a chance to appear in the game. But I think that Notre Dame is taking a good stance here. Uh, you know, Certainly from a moral perspective, it, it looks good, I think, if you're Notre Dame. And I'm very curious to see if any other schools will follow Notre Dame's lead. I talked a little bit about that on Locked on Nittany lines on whether or not Penn State should follow in that same pattern. I would not be shocked if we see more schools follow what Notre Dame is attempting to do. Keep in mind Notre Dame is also in a different kind of a licensing situation compared to a lot of other conferences and of course in football they are an independent remember they're not in the ACC in 2021 and For now, moving forward. So they are going back to being a football independent. So they do kind of tread their own water in that respect. So they're kind of playing a different ballgame than what some of these other conferences may. So I don't know how that's going to come into play either. But uh, if EA Sports is serious about making this happen, and they're taking the time to let all these issues be sorted out, I think that that's a good sign. And I would love to know what you guys have to say about it. So reach out to us on our Twitter account, locked on CFB. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. And let me know what you think about Notre Dame's decision. I know it's been a kind of a talking point all throughout the week, and maybe it's kind of died down a little bit, but I'm curious and I want to know what you guys have to say about it. Look, I know that this is a college football podcast and I am much more in tune with the world of college football than I ever will be with college basketball. But I'm going to brag real quick and say that I went on betonline.ag earlier this week, placed a couple bets on some college basketball games and an nba game and i went three and one for the night and you know what i feel like i should retire but you know what it's just so much fun making some money with betonline.ag they are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action and it doesn't have to just be college basketball or the nba or the nhl you can also bet on some tv shows reality tv shows award tv shows they've got updated odds and props on just about anything you can possibly imagine So there's never a bad time to get involved in the world of sports gambling with BetOnline.ag. It's totally free to sign up. Just go to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use the mobile app. And of course, you can also use your promo code of LOCKEDON and get a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. And unlike other sports gambling websites out there, BetOnline.ag has the deal of a lifetime because there is absolutely no limit to what that 50% bonus is. doesn't matter how much you put in for your first deposit, BetOnline is going to give you free money, 50% on top of that. So that's a lot of opportunities to make a few bucks with BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I said earlier in this episode that spring football dates are starting to come together and there is no conference that does spring football like the SEC. So now is a fantastic time to get in tune with everything that Chris Gordy has over there on Locked on SEC, getting you through not only the college basketball stuff, but of course, digging in to everything going on around the world of spring football in the sec hey if you're a big 10 fan don't worry we got you covered too check out ben stevens over on locked on big 10 again plenty of college basketball commentary for a very good big 10 college basketball conference but of course lots of stuff to pay attention to this spring with the big 10 now one of the things i was doing for athlon sports uh, something i was writing up is taking a look at some of those big 10 non-conference matchups that we have to look forward to in the upcoming season of course uh, just recently uh, within the past few weeks the big 10 put out its schedule which is going to be highlighted by its nine game conference schedule with a couple adjustments to account for some of the changes they had to make in the 2020 season. But of course, one of the big developments is the Big Ten is allowing for those non conference matchups to resume in 2021. Of course, last year when the Big Ten scrambled to put together its schedule, it had to go with a non conference uh, games being scratched. So it was conference only, similar to what some other conferences did. But non conference games, back on the schedule and the Big Ten's got a bunch of them one of the biggest ones I think that is uh unquestionably going to be the potential Rose Bowl preview between defending Pac-12 champion Oregon and defending Big Ten champion Ohio State this game is going to take place in Columbus there I typically in week two if I'm not mistaken maybe week three I think it's week two but uh, of course that was one of the games I was really looking forward to last year because Ohio State was going to go out to Oregon early in the year. Obviously that game didn't happen, but now as of right now, at least that game is supposedly still on for their game in Columbus this week this season and that should be a lot of fun. Should be a big game early on for a couple of teams that with some playoff aspirations. I know Oregon thought that 2020 was going to be a potential playoff year. Didn't pan out that way. And, of course, Ohio State's coming off an appearance in the national championship game. So, yeah, get those two teams on the field. I'm all for it. But you know what? The Wisconsin Badgers have a couple of really interesting games. and I think if you look at Wisconsin's schedule, it's actually really interesting for that first half of the season. They're going to open up the year at home against Penn State, of course, a game I'm very interested in, but I also think that that's going to be a really good fun matchup and a really good measuring stick game for both programs right out of the gate. Then a couple of weeks later, Wisconsin's going to be playing Notre Dame, a team that was just in the college football playoff, played for the ACC title last year, and oh by the way, has former Wisconsin quarterback Jack Cohn as a potential starting quarterback grad transfer with the uh, with the fighting Irish. So yeah, you sign me up for that game. That's gonna be taking place in Chicago in Soldier Field. I know I said earlier that, you know, kind of NFL environments really kind of tone things down for me. When it comes to college football, it is a shame that this game's not being played in South Bend or Camp Randall. However, uh, still Wisconsin, Notre Dame, I'm there for that. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Another good early opportunity to really prove each other uh, whether or not you're going to be legitimate playoff contender. And then if you look at Wisconsin's schedule, they, they're going to have a home game against Michigan a couple weeks after that Notre Dame game. Of course, the Jim Harbaugh experience is right there. Uh, a couple weeks later after that, they get a chance to play Army. And sandwiched in between those games is a reunion with former Wisconsin head coach Brett Bielema. I don't know that any team out there, certainly within the Big Ten, has a more intriguing first half of the season than the Wisconsin Badgers. I think there are so many different storylines. There are so many big opportunities uh, for Wisconsin and their opponents to really capitalize on some things. So yeah, I'm looking at the schedules right now. This is the time of year where I'm starting to break down schedules a little bit. And so that first half of the schedule for Wisconsin, really the first month and a half is just phenomenal. I'm going to be tuned into Wisconsin every week with what they've got going on. Uh, Another Big Ten team playing a pretty interesting non-conference game. I'll throw it out there. Penn State is hosting Auburn in the first of their home-and-home series. Uh, Penn State will make the return trip down to Auburn uh, next year in 2022. That should be a really fun uh, series. Uh, Again, it would really help the cause if Beaver Stadium is allowed to be opened up because I feel like that would have been a whiteout uh, condition (laughs) for Penn State fans. Obviously, I don't know what the attendance situation is going to be like in the state of Pennsylvania at that time, although it does look as though uh, fans will be allowed to attend games if we're on the track that we currently are right now here in the state of Pennsylvania. But of course, uh, one of the other non-conference matchups to pay attention to in the Big Ten, Nebraska is going to be reuniting with their old rivals of Oklahoma. Uh, That one could turn ugly. But speaking of Oklahoma, Oklahoma is going to open the season at Tulane. This one kind of flew under the radar for me. I just got brought, got brought to my attention recently. And I know Oklahoma has played some weird road games in the past. I believe, I recall watching them play at Tulsa uh, years and years ago. Uh, and I know that Oklahoma is not afraid to do something like that. And it's kind of interesting, but I guess it makes sense. Because you get a chance to go into Louisiana and while you're not playing LSU, you're still getting a chance to play in Louisiana. That's pretty cool. And Tulane's not a bad program either. There's potentially a team on the rise. Uh, could maybe cause a little bit of trouble. But yeah, I don't see anyone stopping Oklahoma on that Tulane defense. So that's a pretty fun matchup. Of course, Alabama, your defending national champion. They're going to open up against Miami poor Miami. (laughs) That's a tough way to open up the year Uh, for Manny Diaz. I don't see any way that Miami does that. And I mentioned the school earlier, UCLA, they're actually going to be hosting LSU this year. Uh, Again, tentatively scheduled. So that could be a pretty interesting matchup. You know, uh, Ed Orgeron likes to stick it to UCLA a little bit, going back to his USC days. Uh, I'm sure he would love the, the opportunity to capitalize on a chance to beat up on UCLA one more time. And of course, LSU going out to California, that can't hurt for recruiting. And uh, you know Texas at Arkansas, Virginia Tech versus West Virginia, West Virginia is also going to be playing Maryland. No shortage of fun non-conference matchups for the upcoming season. That's just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many more. Iowa, Iowa State, again a potential top 25 game for sure. How about Cincinnati, Indiana. Both of those teams could be top 25. And that's just um, that's just a few of the games that I think a lot of people can look forward to. So let us know what your favorite non-conference matchups for the upcoming season are. You can hit us up on our Twitter account at LockedOnCFB. And again, let us know which non-conference games you are most looking forward to in the 2021 season. Well, that's going to do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, not just to this episode, but during uh, the past season and, of course, uh, the early beginnings of this offseason. It's been a pleasure being with you here every Thursday here on the Locked On College Football Podcast. Uh, I know Matt Moscona from Locked On LSU. Really enjoyed doing the show as well for the time that he was on here with me, and it was a pleasure working with him as well. So again, I don't know exactly what's going to be the future here for me and Locked On College Football, but do this. There is a lot of really good stuff happening here at the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm very excited to still be a part of all of this. And of course, you can catch me every Monday through Friday over on Locked On Nittany Lions. We throw in some non-Penn topics every now and then. So if you want to check that out, you are more than welcome to do so. But of course, the fun will always be had on our Twitter account, Locked On CFB. I am Kevin McGuire. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. And of course, catch me over on Locked On Nittany Lions. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the support. Wish you all the best of luck moving forward. We'll talk to you again soon.